0: Welcome back to American Billiard Radio. Today is Thursday, March 13th. Personally, I'm going back and forth between following the Diamond Las Vegas Open on ctsondemand.com and watching the number of events and tourist attractions announced that they're closing due to the COVID-19 virus. As of today, the Whirlpool Masters, the Bucharest Open, and this weekend's Predator Pro-Am Tour Stop are either canceled or postponed. The Super Billiards Expo and the U.S. Open are still on at this moment, but they have both said they're monitoring the situation. Uh, Alan Hopkins is supposed to be making a decision early next week that is based on an announcement that was made on the Super Billiards Expo website. As for the interview for this show, I ran a story on AZ Billiards a couple weeks ago called "Pools Spin Doctor, and it was about Per Hagen who had a an agency where he was representing professional poker players, and he closed that agency down, and now he's trying to duplicate that effort for professional pool. I thought it was a very interesting article, and I thought Perr would be a great interview subject. So I had a chance to talk to him about his ideas about pool and how to promote it and how to make things better, and, and I do think it's a very interesting conversation. So without further ado, I give you Perr Hagen. Joined now all the way from Norway by... It's Per Hagen, right?
1: Yeah, uh, correct.
0: Okay, Per is the owner of a, an agency called Supercharged. And if you if you haven't read the article yet, which you should go back and do, uh, Supercharged is an agency that represents not just pool players. It, it looks to me, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but pool players and other... Uh, parts of the billiards industry. Can you can you explain a little bit what it is you do and and how you got there?
1: Sure, Mike. Um, well, our agency basically has two divisions. No, no, it sounds, sounds like we're a big big agency, but we're not. We're just a couple of couple of actually we're three people. Uh, so one of the divisions is player management, um, and we take uh, the experience from the poker industry. We had a good run in the poker industry in, in the early 2000 until 2006. Uh, so what we do is that we make sure that we find good ambassadors for, uh, in this case, the billiard brands. Um, we make sure that, uh, you know, we, we find good candidates that can represent their brand in the way that they want and get the exposure that they kind of deserve because, Right now, uh, we see kind of similar um, symptoms uh, as in the poker industry had early. Uh, that was that where they were kind of throwing good money after not necessarily the best ambassadors. Um, and uh, so that's one part of uh, the agency. And the other is kind of general marketing, uh, specializing in online marketing um, and we try to, of course, connect the two together. Um, so, yeah.
0: Now, you said that you came over from the poker world. Um, what what differences and what similarities do you see between the poker world and the pool world right now?
1: Yeah. Well, let me start with the differences. Um, I think that obviously, poker. Everybody knows poker has massive price pools, uh, at least compared to pool. Uh, and I think the two main reasons for that is, is obviously the cost of buying into the big poker tournaments. Uh, you know, it's thousands of dollars. Main event, the World Series is 10000 So So, um, and obviously that is one of the reasons, but also the shared number of entrants in the in, in the big poker tournaments. That kind of builds a, a big uh, price pool. Um, but I, also, I think it's possible for pool to to get much, much bigger price pools uh, compared to today. But obviously, then you would, you would have to raise the entry fees. Uh, and uh, to do that, obviously, not a whole lot of people would be willing to pay, you know, $1,000, $2,000 to play in the pool tournament when you're playing against some of the best players in the world. So maybe you should look into what drives the traffic from poker, and that's satellites. Uh, 90% of all the participants in the big poker tournaments, they, they they hail from satellite tournaments being both on and offline. Obviously, we can't play uh, pool tournaments uh, uh, online, but uh, I think that as a replacement or maybe as an addition to the weekly tournaments, you could find a way of structuring tournaments which basically operates as satellite tournaments into the big Uh, pool tournaments and um, then maybe we could have like entry fees being a couple of thousand of dollars that would also obviously raise build the prize pool into much much higher prize pools than we have today making it easier for the professionals to make actually a decent living compared to today today you know they have to be in, in the semifinals to almost break even uh and that's not the way it should be um so that's obviously one of the big 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 uh, differences um between pool, poker and pool um and obviously poker has way more air time on mainstream media than than pool uh that's something that we need to do but for us to to get pool back on mainstream media, uh, we need to look at uh, the professionalism uh, in the whole industry. Uh, and I'm obviously not you know criticizing anybody, but maybe we need to put our finger in the ground and and, and take a look at what we're doing and why you know sports like timber sports and uh, and those kind of sports would get way more airtime than uh, compared to pool. I'm pretty sure that people have uh, more people have played pool than played around with timber sports so uh so that's one of the things uh, and also you know again i'm not criticizing anybody but in the poker industry we get we have a lot of personalities with with you know big characters and that 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 creates an interest uh from the audience or the fans if you will Um, so I think that also in in pool perhaps maybe we're kind of lacking there maybe we should have you know we've got a few personalities which are interesting to watch but maybe you know the pool players they should you know kind of uh, give more of themselves when they're playing tournaments which are televised or streamed I mean uh, show more emotions and maybe we should you know Try to adapt. Every tournament should be more like the Moscone Cup, with with the audience cheering and the players, you know, jumping on the table. We we need to make the sport way more interesting than it is today for the audience. If the mainstream media is to, to, to devote more airtime, we need you you know right now players can spend two three minutes on a shot, and uh, you know that's not interesting for 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 a neutral spectator. So we should have like shot clocks, interesting. Players, uh, audience cheering, uh, and these kind of things. That's you know that's pretty typical for poker. But in pool, it's almost like a cemetery when you when you watch a, a match.
0: How do? And I'm I'm sorry to compare. You're you're in Norway, so you're looking at European players, where I'm more familiar with American players. What is it that you think the Americans, or, or why is it that you think the Americans struggle with the idea of of putting their character out there? Now, some of them don't, but you're, you know, which, like you had said, the majority of them don't.
1: Well, I think, um, for, first of all, I don't think that the sport is big enough that we can look at it in a segregated way. That uh, I think that we need to look at the sport as as a whole. It's not like you have the Asian market and the American and the, the, the European. I think, as a whole, I think we're lacking in, you know, personalities. Whether it's, you know, a, a German, American, or a Filipino, it doesn't really matter uh, to me because this the sport is so small. We have to look at it as a whole, uh, and I, I'm, I'm not quite sure why uh, we don't have more interesting characters. But I definitely think that. The ones today who are at a certain level, where they travel the world and play tournaments, they should take a look at themselves and maybe you know, kind of give more of themselves uh, in interviews when playing uh, matches and uh, these kind of things. Because uh, you have to be an interesting character to get followers, and followers—it's it's, you know—it's the name of the game. If you're exp- if you want to get sponsored, uh, you need to have followers. Otherwise, you know. You're you're just visible when you're playing uh, a TV table, which doesn't happen all the time, and you're absolutely not guaranteed to make it to to the final. So, um, so you have to you have to get followers, and you have to work on that every single day. Uh, at least you have a you need a structured way of building your followers. So maybe you're not you know the world's best player, but you might be the world's most interesting player, and and that kind of builds a base of followers. And as soon as you reach a certain level of followers, you will be interesting for sponsors because then, you, you know, you have tangible numbers, you know, you know, I got 10,000 followers, I got, you know, 1 million likes last year, whatever. That's kind of tangible. And, and that's something that sponsors are interested in putting money into because they know what they're going to get in return.
0: It's interesting that you talk about the social media aspect of things, do you think maybe, and again, I, I don't. I don't want to just say American players because I think, I think there are players like this all over the world. Do you think that maybe some of the players don't want to have their life out there twenty four seven? They don't want a sponsor contacting them and saying, you know, that thing that you tweeted last night at two a.m. when you were at. Uh, the club with your friends, that didn't shine real well on you and then that means it didn't shine real well on us. I mean, do you think some players just, they're not ready for that kind of uh, flashlight being shined at their life?
1: Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, for sure, there's no doubt that uh, being a sponsored pro, I mean, automatically you're a spokesperson, you're an ambassador of a brand, that's not for everybody. Um, We had a couple of, you know, poker players, which were, you know, they had a lot, of, tens of thousands of followers. They were always, you know, uh, out there in the spotlight, but they didn't want to get any sponsorship money. They they would rather just pay for everything themselves because, like you said, that, that being a, an ambassador, it comes with... You have, you, you have to do certain things in return, and they didn't want to do that. They just wanted to focus on, you know, in, in that case, their own poker game. And but I, I'm not sure it's fair to compare because these guys they've won, you know, three, four, five, six million dollars, so they can actually they can afford going around and paying everything themselves. But I think that the general pool player would very much like to play way more tournaments uh, the big ones than they actually are doing and one way is obviously having a sponsor but um, as 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 we all know you have to give something in return to the sponsor and that's what i see today that's you know in lack of a better word i get kind of annoyed when i see some sponsors are giving you know good sponsorship money uh, and deals to players doing absolutely nothing in return. And it kind of, you know, these companies, they are in all other aspects of their business. They're always thinking about the return on their investments, whether it's, you know, buying equipment for their new factory or, or whatever. Uh, but suddenly, when it comes to sponsorship, it seems that all all logic about return on investment is thrown out the window and they don't you know they 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 seem pretty okay with their sponsored players just wearing a patch when they're playing a, at a tv tv table or you know doing a very short social media t- posting once in a while and tagging them and and that's pretty much what they do and that's in in my opinion that's not that's not a good return on the, uh, on the investment and they could get way more back if they just, you know, focused on actually looking at it as a business relationship between us, the company and you, the, the ambassador, or the spokesperson, um, they should. And that's what we did with poker. Also, we could see that a lot of pe- players were getting, you know, pretty decent amount of money every year to go all over the world and play the poker tournaments. But, they weren't doing anything back besides wearing their logo patch, and uh, so that's that's why I initially started the poker agency because I could see that there's there's a gap and we could you know fill it and um, we pretty much took off during our first year of business because the sponsors they could see that by using us as 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 a bridge between the players and the market and themselves they would get a way better return on their investments and their players would suddenly be all over the media. They would do social media stuff and, and doing interviews with on and offline media outlets and all this. And so it was a no brainer. So in the end, actually we didn't have to chase the sponsors, the sponsors, they came to us asking, listen, we would like to strengthen our position in France. Can you, find us a good candidate we can sponsor him in France and obviously uh, we already had a French player in our roster of players so we could just hand him over like okay so here's this guy you can use him and he has this many followers and he's doing this and that so it's a it's a a no brainer and they would just you know accept uh, that player because they knew that uh, whenever we presented a candidate for them they knew they would get a good return on their investment back. And that's what we're slowly trying to do now in the pool industry. And I can see that, um, uh, well, the interview was just a few weeks ago and I basically just started the agency like two months ago. And after the interview, I could see a lot of players contacting us, asking if we can represent them. And also a couple of brands within uh, the industry also asking, you know, we need help um, both on general marketing, but also we're thinking about, you know, what should we do with our sponsor pros? How can we get more in return? And and all of these things that we kind of specialize in. And uh, so we're currently working with a couple of brands and, um, well, we just signed, you know, a player. Well, he's not a a player in competitions, but he's maybe, you know, the world's most famous Qist. And we just signed him to the agency because he, you know, he he liked what he heard in our um, negotiations, if you will. So um, that's what we're trying right now is to to make the billiard industry see that okay, we can get a way better return on our investment, and maybe you know, maybe we don't need a hundred sponsored players. Maybe we need just twenty great ones. That will give us way better. Again, return on the investment, and uh, we're trying to kind of like make their attitudes shift towards that that train of thought.
0: Um, Again, this is going to sound like I'm beating a dead horse, and and believe me, when I say this, I'm not I'm not comparing uh, American and European players like it sounds like I am. Um, As an example, though european players they're and and i mention it because american fans maybe aren't as familiar with the, the 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 1b priority players i mean they know ralph they know torsten they know mika they know joshua they know Eklund. you know you could make a list of of probably 20 guys that are the absolute top but Last year at the International, uh, Max Lechner comes over. He has a great tournament. Americans probably don't know him. So if, if, if I were a Max Lechner, um, a year ago and I hadn't had a great tournament, I hadn't beat Shane in a major event, what can I do? to to make those sponsors be interested in me? Because, you know, I, yeah, I can run a table, but so can the guy at the table next to me and so can the girl two tables over. So, so what can a player do to put themselves out there a, a, and draw sponsor interest? Sure, and
1: I totally get where you're coming from. And, you know, let me just take one example. And, um, you know, he's, he's Greek, uh, but he lives in Norway and he actually played at the same club uh, as me in Oslo, uh, Damianos, the jump master, I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. Uh, anyway, so he's, you know, he's, he's a Greek living in both uh, Greece and Norway. But anyway, he's, you know, he was struggling, uh, with exactly what you said. How can I put myself out there? And that was like a year, year and a half ago. And, and, I got to know him and he learned about my history about, you know, being a a manager, uh, having an agency for poker players. And I said, listen, the methods is is just the same. And let's sit down together and make kind of like a marketing plan for you. How can, you know, the world, how can I get the the world's eyes on me? And so we did a plan and uh, he is probably the hardest working guy when it comes to these things. Uh, in, in the entire um, pool industry, so he did what we what we agreed that he should do, and he kind of took it like uh, like a part time job. I'm going to produce videos. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And suddenly, you know, we he last year he accumulated over two million views on his videos, and uh, halfway through there we got him a sponsor and that's basically entirely just because we made the marketing plan. He did the work, produced the videos and whatnot. And he got the attention and uh, it doesn't hurt that he's probably one of the best, you know, Players with the short stick uh, as well, um, and he travels. Not so now. Basically, he travels all over the world, plays tournaments because he he got a great sponsorship deal, and um, and and that is a direct result. Not because he finished like third a couple of times in the Euro Tour, and and he won a couple of international tournaments here in in, in Europe. Not because of that, but because he made himself you know interesting, and it suddenly he got a lot of followers. And he always makes it a point to interact with the followers. So he's posting something and he gets, you know, a bunch of replies. And, and he always re- replies to the answers and the questions and whatever on his posting. So he's always on top of it. And so his, you know, fan base, if you, if you can call it that, they kind of feel connected to him. So whenever he recommends a product from, you know, he's got a couple of sponsors now, but so they he's built up a trust with them and uh, and he can show them listen with this tip i'm using on my jump cue i can make these jump shots and so can you and that's implied you know but uh that's a direct result of his hard work and actually it's not it's not that much work if we have to be honest compared to a lot of other jobs uh and it's basically doing what you love as well so he doesn't view it as work uh, but so so he he was really thankful, and I was you know thrilled for him that he got these sponsors and um, it just goes to show that the methods that we that they' proven methods from the poker industry and it's not magic but it, it just it's just a matter of making a plan and you know going through with it and and then it's up to the talent or, the, 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 in this case, the, the, the pool player to actually go ahead and you know, do what he's supposed to do. And that's the main problem I see today with pool players, that they have sponsors, but very rarely you'll see them do uh, enough in return. They do something, but not nearly enough, not, not, not even 10% what they actually should do. So, so, and obviously, you know, there's going to be pool players listening here who's got a sponsor who made a video six months ago and thinks that's, you know, that's that's okay. I did something in return. He's not going to like what I'm saying, but I'm basically interested in making the builder brands understanding that they should have ambassadors who actually does something in return. So they'll make money, at least break even from the partnership and the players, they can have a long-term, Sponsorship uh, relationship with those sponsors because they, you know, they appreciate each other. Not just give me some money, give me some equipment, and once you've gotten that, you know, basically you don't do anything in return. These kind of players need to be cut from the pro teams. Uh, You know, they might get a second chance or whatever, but if you're not doing it today, you're probably not going to do it tomorrow. And um, so they, they don't deserve the sponsorship money or equipment or whatever they get if they don't do anything in return. And they're just taking up space for the players who's actually willing to put in the extra work and uh, repay the love they get from the sponsors.
0: The way you describe it, and I would be in complete agreement, um, it seems like the mentality now is, I'm a pool player, I'm going to put in my effort, Well, and and, I mean there's not it's not like they actively go out there banging on doors trying to find sponsors, but it it comes it seems that when they do get a sponsor or two, they feel that okay, my, my work is done. I've I've gotten a sponsor. But the way you describe it, really there's there's even more work, you know, a higher level of work that is required. Once you have that sponsor, this is something that that goes back to a conversation I had with Kelly Fisher. uh, And she talked about everything that she does for her sponsors. But is that I mean, is that kind of where you're going, where, you know, the level of work really kicks off once you get those sponsors? I mean, if you're if you're
1: an aspiring talent, you know, like Max, you you mentioned him. Uh, And I think that Fedor was in this category almost just one year ago, but you you see he won the world championship, but nine ball. But I think that if you're an aspiring talent looking to professionalize um, yourself and your brand in this sport and you want to reach as far as you can go, you know, you have to go to, first goal should be making the Moscone Cup team, whether you're European or American, that should be like the main goal. And then obviously in between you, you need to finish high in the tournaments, the big ones, and, and obviously the local ones as well, but that should be like your top goals. But to, to get there, you need a lot of money and a lot of funding. And um, if you don't have any sponsors, you should still do what Damianos did. Do all the good work, put in the extra hours, Get followers, and then when you bang on the doors for uh, at the sponsors, they will see that for the last half a year, this guy, you know, he's had like a million views. It's much easier to put money into something like that compared to, okay, listen, so I finished ninth in the U.S. Open. Can I get some sponsorship money, please? Uh, I've got like 300 friends on Facebook, and, I, you know, I don't even, you know, that, that, that's that's just ridiculous to think that you're going to get – even a free, you know, queue or whatever. But that's kind of like the mentality of, amongst a lot of pool players. And it was in the poker industry as well. You know, you have one World Series final table and suddenly, you know, <laughs> you're, you're, you're a big shot, deserving hundreds of thousands of, you know, sponsorship money. It's not, that's not how it works. So if, if, if you don't have a sponsor, just wake up tomorrow, just make a plan, get followers and uh, you know make yourself interesting you don't have to be the world's best player but you have to be interesting you have to have a character so if you're good at jump shots okay use that angle Uh, I, i can't think of any other examples if you have a 50 miles an hour break okay so use that as your thing but make yourself interesting get followers and then the sponsors will follow but but uh, you, you can't sit around and wait. And after you get a the sponsorship, then you start. You have to start, you know, right right now, right tomorrow, if you want to go down that route. And once you get a sponsorship deal, you will have to be prepared to put in a lot of work. And when I say a lot of work, I'm talking about 15, 20 hours a week. That's not a lot of work. But uh, you have to be prepared to do uh, the work necessary to repay, again, the love that the sponsors are showing you because otherwise we're just in a bad circle. You know, they're throwing money after players and they're not repaying it. So the sponsor, they won't increase their sales of uh, their products. And uh, so it's basically status quo and you don't have any positives out of that relationship. So, uh, but like Kelly said, you definitely, you have to, if you want a sponsor, you have to be willing to put in the work. It's not enough just wearing a logo patch and playing uh, the occasional big tournament, and once in a while you you hit the TV table, and, and that's, that's not that's not enough by far. So um, just look at you know what the big soccer players or other big sports what they're doing. I mean, and they're earning like millions, hundreds of millions of dollars every year. They're still putting in a lot of work for their sponsors.
0: Do you think that? Do you think that the players are are going to be accepting of the idea that they can go about their lives the way they do? And let's say they come on board with you, and they've got a sponsor or two, and you're working with them, and they put something on social media. They, you know, because especially in America, social media is where you post your opinion, be it right or wrong. That's where you go to argue about things. Do you think players are going to be open to the idea of the next day, their phone ringing and you being you on the phone saying, Hey, what are you doing? What was that? You can't do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's, it, you know, I don't think that's how it works. I, I, Basically, we when we look to sign a, a player, a poker or in this case, a pool player, you know, you know, we talk to the guy, we make our due diligence in advance. Like, the, is is there anything you know wrong with this candidate? Has he done anything shady earlier? Okay, if, if if that kind of shows up, we we won't we won't sign him. We won't try to help him get a sponsor. Uh, because that will only backfire on us recommending this guy or girl to a sponsor, and then later on it will show up some dirt on this on this person. So first we, we try to see that we try to identify if this this person is you know would be a good ambassador for any brand. Uh, once that's done, you know we, we 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 talk to the player and we try to basically ask are you willing to put in the hours necessarily necessary for us to actually get you a sponsor because when if you sign with us and we go out there and, and, and pitch you to a sponsor and, he, and and they find you interesting and they sign you and they give you money or equipment or whatever uh if you don't live up to your end of the deal we're going to cut you immediately because that kind of backfires on us it reflects back on we, we can't recommend terrible ambassadors you know once in a while you might get unlucky and somebody you know promises the world and don't deliver afterwards but uh, that's kind of like the core of our business we have to be 100% sure that the ambassadors we're recommending to any sponsor will deliver xyz because that's that's our promise to the sponsor and we're asking for their money and we have to deliver our end of the deal once you know they sign off on the deal
0: we've talked about poker and pool and and the differences between poker players and pool players but you have said in the interview that was posted online that you see a lot of similarities can you talk about what the similarities are that you see between the two right now
1: and I think that I've touched on uh, some of the similarities already, but I, I can see that, you know, poker was booming in the early 2000s. And I and I can see, I'm, I'm not saying that uh, pool is booming now, but I, I can see that the similarities that both had or had great potential to grow. And uh, the uh, mainstream media was, they were not, or how much airtime they should devote to this new phenomenon of poker, which was booming, and uh, because it was it was rather messy, it was lacking in professionalism, and yeah, it wasn't like viewed as a very professional sport if you if you can call poker a sport. Uh, and I'm not saying that they don't view pool as a professional sport now, but I mean there's there's something going on. There is something wrong because you know we have this project uh, billiard 2024. A lot of prominent you know cueists from snooker pool and different um, divisions. Uh, uh, they were trying to get pool accepted or, or billiard accepted as uh, one of the sports in the Olympic Games. And the committee they actually went ahead and. They accepted breakdancing, I think skateboard uh, and a couple of other sports which are, you know, in my view, they're way smaller than than pool. So we're we're doing we're doing something wrong, uh, which we, we need to address it. And I think that, you know, we need to have make it. Interesting we need to have a shot clock we need to have a, a vivid audience we need to have um, personalities we have we need to have the same kind of rules played over in the US as we're doing in Norway for example all of these things we need to you know put into order and have a system so when people outside look at sport they shouldn't be confused and right now I'm watching you know ten ball game in in the US and, and next week I'm watching some Ten ball game in the in the in Europe and different rules. Why, you know, that's that's not good for the that's not good for the sport. Uh, so one of the similarities is that um, I can see great potential for pool, uh, but we need to structure it uh, and make it a bit more um, professional, and we need a few more interesting characters. And um, I also think that you know in my not help the professionalism, but I think that um, right now it's like poker in the beginning. Every player was kind of sailing under their own flag. It was each man for his own, but eventually they started to make like think tank- tanks. So they basically what they did: some of the best pool, um, sorry, poker players, they got together, discussed theories, and kind of like simulated. Situation that could appear on a poker table, and I think that right now also I I kind of feel that it's every man for his own uh, in the pool world. But especially the ones who have the same sponsors, maybe they should, you know, be more like a team, have a more like a team spirit, train together. Except people might win a competition, like spend a day with the the Predator team and, and and meet up with all the great pros that they're sponsoring. These kind of things we can attract, you know people into and now it kind of builds a rapport with the the brand as well um, but i think that right now one of the similarities also is that it's every man
0: for himself and uh, maybe we should take a look at that I, I want i want to end the interview with um asking you how players can get in touch with you but before i do it it doesn't strike me as just players that might benefit from getting in touch with you. Um, companies within the industry, sponsors, uh, tour directors. Uh, it, it sounds like anybody who's interested in building what they have to be larger and and making what they do and the game itself much more successful would benefit from contacting you. It's not just players and, and sponsors, right?
1: No. I mean, that's, I think that the experience that I've or we've got from the poker industry, it can be utilized in the pool industry with great success. I mean, um, yeah, I, there's there's no doubt in my mind, and that's why I basically started the agency as well a little bit of on the background of the success story of the Greek player I mentioned but uh also I could I could clearly see a lot of similarities of where the pool industry is it uh, is at right now and where it can be headed if you know if if we kind of move in the same direction and if you pick up a little bit of advice from the poker industry because they made a fantastic job of recruiting. You know, when you've got 10, 15,000 players playing a $10,000 buy-in event, you know, they're, they've done something wrong. No, sorry, correct. <laughs> uh, and um, so I think that um, our experience from that industry can be uh, adopted into the pool industry. And right now I see there is a project here with this um league and there's another project there and then you've got the the whole um match room they've got ownership of this and that tournament but not this one so i think that if the whole industry kind of works together it will benefit the sport and if we get the sport to grow better recruitment and uh, as i said more professionalism uh it will only benefit the sport as a general and then the um uh, the producers and, and, you know, like Predator, town, all of these, they will only benefit from the sport growing. Uh, so I think that we need to put our minds together and move in the time, same direction. And uh, once we do that, I think it's way easier trying to pitch the sport to mainstream media, which is key. Everybody, well, not necessarily everybody, but I think that this sport belongs on mainstream media and once we do that it will be easier to attract sponsors from outside the industry Uh, 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 and often they've got deeper pockets so they can you know they can help build the price pool even higher and uh, that will only help the professionalism again because people can actually make a living out of this and uh, the ones who's not making a living but they have a dream of one day doing so They can see that it's actually possible to make a decent living. But because right now it's like, I don't know, 20 people in the world who can actually make a comfortable living out of this sport that actually has millions of players worldwide. So there's something there's something wrong here. I mean, way more people should be able to make a living out of this sport.
0: Hey, Per. welcome back. sorry. we had a we had a connection problem there, and, and I lost you before I had the chance to ask you about how people can contact you. So how can people contact you? And then we'll go from there.
1: So yeah, obviously we've got uh, the website is uh, supercharge.com, and you spell super without the e so it's s u p r and uh, of course, we're on Facebook as well. so if you if you're a player, think you you got something to offer uh, a sponsor look us up if you're a builder brand and you're looking into getting a better return on your investment in your current pro team or a pro team you're thinking about starting you know look us up and uh,
0: yeah all right fantastic i appreciate you taking the time today and i appreciate you answering back and Hopefully, we will be getting back in touch with you and and talking about uh, further things very soon.
1: Thanks for having me, Mike.
0: All right. Have a good day. All right. That was Per Hagen. It sounds like Per's got some, some great ideas. You know, you see so many people in the industry either want someone to, to hit a home run, you know, well, if we just had another Color of Money movie, everything would be great. You know, that's not going to happen anytime soon. Instead of Purge just saying, we need a Color of Money movie, or we need some multi-gazillionaire who loves pool just to throw money at it, it sounds like he actually has ideas as to how the industry could come together to make things better. Uh, I'd love to see the industry come together behind something like that. I, I'd like to see the industry come together behind any plan it doesn't have to be pers you know I I still fully believe that if the industry came together and I mean everyone in the industry the the media the queue makers the table makers the players the room owners the tournament directors everybody and said you know this is what I can bring to the game and and this is how I can help that it would be a great thing for the industry and and you know i i talk a lot about oh you know woe is the industry everything's terrible and and it is looking up you know besides the cancellations and the postponements right now i do think things are looking up but it doesn't mean that we don't have to do anything to to make it move up you know to make it get better just that much faster but again that's for another conversation So I want to thank you for listening to American Billiard Radio, and I will have another episode for you just as soon as I can.